0: Other some dogs. All right, all
1: right. first. Well, oh, for... so tell me what the, your podcast is
0: about. My, our podcast. Our pod- ca- our, po- <laughs> our podcast is about <laughs> helping kids for movie nights and. Um, there is no more movie nights. Sh- we are here. <laughs> there is no <laughs> more movie. All
1: right! All right! All right! All right!
0: Okay, I'm all gonna right? say this.
1: All right, Heaven, you tell me what the <laughs> the podcast is about.
0: The podcast <laughs> is. The podcast is about helping people bond together at church. <laughs> welcome to our podcast. And welcome to communitychristian.com. Okay. Today today we're going to help but today, today we are going to help you um, uh, find a movie um, uh, and stuff for um... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Welcome to the first Not Great Parent podcast. I mean, we're certainly not the first not great parents.
1: But no, that's true. <laughs> but we are the ones who got a podcast. Right, so.
2: exactly. So we must be really great. Yeah, <laughs> Really well, not great.
1: In particular, before they saw us on this, those were my kids uh, goofing around in our studio.
2: Yes, uh, trying to come up with their own podcast. Yeah, yeah,
1: they knew they know very little about what a podcast is, and mm-hmm. knew that we I had I was on a movie podcast before,
2: but I loved how they were pulling in different buzzwords and yes. laughing about it. And I yeah. think I think one of your daughters was a little more serious than the others about getting that <laughs> podcast going.
1: <laughs> She's a little more serious about they, everything. <laughs>
2: Well, we've all got a child like that. Well, uh, welcome today. We're really excited to get this started. Um, This has been something that we've both been talking about for a long time and um, are excited to uh, be in this and in community with all of you. And so um, this is our first episode and we wanted to introduce ourselves and talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing here so i'm yeah. molly parks um i am hi a, molly hi <laughs> this is nathan martin hello and um i am the children's pastor here at community christian church and i um have been here for well as a pastor only what do you think? Like six months now? Eight yeah, months? I think I think at the time six, we're filming months.
1: this, a little over six months. Yeah. yeah,
2: but I have attended this church for a long time as a volunteer, and um, just recently shifted into this as a uh, as a job. However, I'm a mom, and I have served. And not a great mom. Not a great mom. <laughs> I've got two boys. I've got a five year old, and it's it's okay. <sighs> I've got a five year old and a ten year old, and. Um, I have served in children's ministry before. I have served in student ministry before. Yes. I've done a handful of different things, and um, like everyone, I'm just trying to get a few things right every day when it comes to parenting my kids. So, yeah. not great at it, not but, great, but, but but trying to do a good job. So, yes. Anyway, so I'll introduce you, Nathan Martin. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, so, uh, I am currently the te- one of the teaching pastors here on staff. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, before, before I kind of moved into the role I'm in now, uh, I was on staff for 10, 10 or 11 years doing youth ministry. I was the youth minister before that volunteered for three to five years. I can't remember. It all blurs together in those early (laughs) years of life, but, uh, doing student ministry as well. And I've worked in children's ministry and Molly and I work pretty closely together Uh, over uh, the family ministries. I work with Sawyer, our student pastor, who you'll see a little later in this episode. And yeah, I'm just also a parent, four kids. You saw three of my kids. Mm -hmm. My oldest daughter wanted nothing to do with the Tom Ford. There was no way she
2: was going to be stepping on that.
1: (laughs) She's sitting in the background. In fact, I had to take out, there's a part where they reference her, and I knew she would be miserable that anyone knew she existed. <laughs> took so, her,
2: took a ride on out. Yeah. Well, you guys will get to experience a few things with our children, I'm sure. Yes. Because we, um, you know, like we said, we're just trying to do it too, and we probably have a handful of experiences and a handful of things where uh, we want to share them with you guys. So. Yeah. 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 So, anyway, um, we kind of, mentioned that we've mentioned the title but we haven't really told you why would we call ourselves not great parents
1: besides the obvious (laughs) reasons we would call ourselves not great parents exactly well we
2: you know we all have days where we feel like we're not great parents but we all are striving to be good parents and great parents and we all certainly want to have great kids right yes
1: well and that's thing. that's the thing i hear all the time like whether whether, you know, even with my kids and they're goofing off and they're doing stuff, people always say to me, Oh Nathan, you got great kids. Uh-huh. And I've heard people say that to you, Molly, you have great kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think people mean when they say oh, these kids are great. What do they mean? Because I've seen some really not great kids, but people still tell the parents, you sometimes, got great kids. When,
2: sometimes I think that about my own. Yes, when oh, of course. Says,
1: yes, yeah. You've
2: got such great kids. I think, well, do you know what happened this morning?
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, so what do you, what do you think people mean when they, you know, we all want to have great kids. We all want to mm-hmm. have, we want to be great parents. What is it that people are looking for?
2: I think people tend to, when they think of great kids, they want kids that are, not in trouble yeah. that are not you know not doing things that society would tell them that they shouldn't do yes. i think they want kids that are getting good grades that are successful in school that are um, you know participating in activities that yes. are children that you would put up on a stage and say look at my great kid yes that's what i typically think people think of as great kids
1: yeah and i think that ends up trying to be the goal a lot of parenting is how do I raise kids who can be successful and productive members of society, Uh, you know, something I could put on a bumper sticker on (laughs) the back of my car, something I could post on Instagram about Mm -hmm. that people would look at and say, oh, you're doing a great job. But what I find when I talk to a lot of parents, I find in my own life, me and my wife talking, and I know this was kind of the reason behind this, podcast when we you and I were talking Mm -hmm. is a lot of the greatness that we kind of put out uh, we know is a little bit of a show
2: absolutely
1: we know it's something for Instagram it is just a bumper sticker and that um, our lives are a little messier than that Mm -hmm. and that often what it takes and this has been my experience of doing youth ministry and now being a parent uh, you know, I was a youth minister a lot longer than I have had kids. And watching often the things that we push for to make our kids great, great grades, great college, mm-hmm. great, you know, extracurriculars, great, all these different things. They end up sabotaging the goodness that God wants to do in a person's life. Right. Um I know that the very first youth group my wife and I ever led, this was before I was on staff, which should question why they ever let (laughs) me be on staff. But the very first youth group we ever led and we thought we were doing great. We had kids and we took it from, we were at an hour of service that no, like we had three kids that were coming and the other one had like all the regular kids. Well, by the end, we went from like three kids, like 15 kids that were coming. We were like, this is going great. And then about a year into it, three of the girls in the youth group had gotten pregnant. Uh, another another kid in the youth group had had some trouble with drugs and one had gotten in trouble with the law and we were like we're not doing a great job. <laughs> this is not going well then they were like would you like to come on step the community <laughs> Christian <Church?"> like, sure. <laughs> and I realized in that moment I've got to have a bigger goal for these kids than don't get pregnant in high school, don't do drugs, don't go to jail and go to a good college.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think the conversations I know you and I've had is God calls us to a different standard of greatness, mm-hmm. which isn't the same thing as what the world says it is. Right. And, and I think, at least in the conversations you and I've had, that's what I see this podcast being. Absolutely.
2: About. And And that great We really want to strive for goodness and goodness in God, and we want to instill that in our children, and we want to put practices in place in our families and in our homes that help us to raise children that are focused on God's goodness and and the greatness that they get from, from God rather than, you know, what our world is telling them to get great. And as parents, we want to be driving them to that and not to all of the things that you know, we defined as great to begin with. It doesn't mean that those things might not be part of your life, Mm -hmm. but it means that what is the thread that's, you know, pulling it all together, and that is not, you know, excelling at a sport, or it's not, um, you know, being the best in your class. Those things are not bad things. However, what God wants us to do is what we need to keep central. So, For us, this podcast is about, you know, we want to have some fun, but we want to talk about the reality of what it's like to raise kids in the kingdom of God and in your family.
3: So imagine the scene. It's 2000 years ago and you're living in ancient Palestine. You're most likely at or below the poverty line. And so every day is a hustle to put food on your family's table. But this day, you've paused your work, and you're listening to this new teacher, Jesus of Nazareth. And the crowd is thick, and everyone's bustling with energy because there's rumors that this man might be the Messiah, the long-promised King of God. And God is clearly with him. I mean, he heals people, he miraculously feeds enormous crowds, and there's rumors he's even raised people from the dead. I mean, only the Messiah could do these things. And so you listen with excitement as he describes life in God's coming kingdom as a great wedding feast. And he talks about it growing from small beginnings, like a seed, to being this great and powerful thing like a tree that birds can nest in. And maybe your mind starts flooding with stories you've been told your whole life about when Israel was a great and powerful nation. Stories of God leading the people of Israel out of slavery into a promised land full of every good thing. Stories of King David, who God used to lead Israel to its most prosperous era. And after hundreds of years under the rule of foreign nations, you and your people hunger for a day when Israel will be great again. And as you think about this, suddenly you hear some rumblings in the crowd. You hear children crying, laughing squealing. And you see parents moving through the crowd trying to bring their children to Jesus for him to bless them. And you're annoyed at best, maybe even offended at worst. Most likely you're frustrated that these parents are being so rude as to bother Jesus with children. Now, we have to pause here and admit this doesn't make much sense to us because in our day, it's commonplace to see politicians and crowds talking with children, kissing babies, visiting schools, because in our day, children are seen as precious. They're this symbol of innocence. It wins you points as a potential leader to show that you value children. But in Jesus' day, children were mostly ignored. And they were expected to stay out of the way. Kings did not associate with children. They certainly did not bow down to speak to them. So as you watch this scene taking place, you're pleased to see Jesus' disciples rebuke these parents and try to send the kids away. But then you hear Jesus stop teaching so that he can watch what's happening with these children. And then you're shocked when he seems to scold his disciples. He says, let the children come to me and don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children." I imagine if you and I were from that culture and that period of history, we would not even have a category for what Jesus just said. His kingdom is for people who are like children? How are you going to build a government with childlike people? I mean, you certainly can't build an army out of children. Jesus, I don't want to tell you how to run your kingdom, but children aren't very helpful. They're weak. They're foolish. They're pretty easy to defeat in monopoly, let alone global politics. You probably are aware that Jesus isn't saying he wants a kingdom of physical children, but you can't even imagine what value adults taking on the likeness of a child could even be. And then you're even more confused when jesus takes one of these children in his arms he blesses them and he says i tell you the truth anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of god like a child will never even enter it what kind of kingdom is he talking about i mean jesus needs men strong mighty men who are willing to fight you need wise and crafty advisors you need money and influential people children are just not helpful in fact they're downright a hindrance to building a great kingdom. And so maybe you leave wondering, well, who is this Jesus? I mean, what kind of king is he? What kind of kingdom is he trying to build? Or maybe you stick around long enough and Jesus adds clarity to his teaching, like he does for his disciples in Matthew chapter 18, when he says, therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Greatness is not about success or power accomplishing your goals and being respected by other people. Greatness is about taking the lowly position of a child. Greatness is taking the posture of a slave and washing the feet of those who will betray you. Greatness is taking up your cross, giving your life away for the sake of others. What kind of kingdom is this? And what kind of king
4: is Jesus? So I did dance when I was really young. And my dance teacher would get mad at me, like I would get in trouble in dance all the time because I was doing handstands. And they were like, stop, like don't do handstands. Also, when you're in dance, you're supposed to wear your tights and then your leertard goes over your tights. And I would, every single week, I would do leotard and tights over my leotard because I hated the tights. And so I would ask to use the bathroom, I'd go to the bathroom and then I would take the tights off, come back to class and they'd be like, Hannah, like wear your tights. And so I remember complaining to my mom in the car I was probably like six years old. (laughs) She was like, well, you know, you could try gymnastics. Like you don't have to wear tights. And I was like, sign me up. I don't want tights. Um, And so that's literally how I got into it It was me. She signed me up for gymnastics when I was seven. And then um, I just loved it, kept going. I I definitely wanted to be an Olympian. (laughs) I always knew that was pretty unrealistic. Um, And then my brother was a gymnast too. So I always had that comparison because he was like phenomenal. Like could have done college gymnastics. One of the Olympians, Um, this past, whatever, Olympic games, literally like I watched him in competition against my brother. I just remember thinking all the time that like I wanted to be in the gym every day, um, but I was never allowed to be. And so I ended up switching gyms. um, And in high school is the first time I like thought I should open a gym. Um, I started coaching when I was 15. And so I had like, Dreams to kind of do that. I thought that it was like something cool to do. And then I kind of like dropped that vision off <laughs> when I got to college. Um, going to college at Georgia College was like quite possibly one of the best decisions of my entire life. <laughs> my college ministry was really incredible. I had two college ministers while I was there the first year and a half. Um, I had, we had a lady named Mandy and she was really incredible. I got pretty close with her. She put me on the leadership team and then she moved on. She uh, works in another ministry now. Um, And so we had the current campus pastor there. His name is Jonathan. And he came in and was like, I, he's just amazing. Like he has discipled me so well and discipled our leadership group. Um, I remember like my first conversation with him, just like talking about it and, um, that led me into just a lot of different leadership positions at the church um, with their student ministry. And then later on, I interned with the college. And so, yeah, just getting to be a part of that and see that God can use me. I think early on in college, one of the biggest things that I learned was I had a really good friend, Mary Helen, who was the student pastor at the time. And she just like believed in me and like had like didn't doubt it. And so she would be like, "Okay, Hannah, you do this and do it your way. And I'd be like, huh? And she'd be like, it's yours. Like you do it. Like I trust you with it. I know that you can. And so getting to kind of experience those little things that and responsibilities that she gave me showed me that I like did have the capability to do things because I think I downplayed it a lot because of my age, like being young, being in college, like who's going to be a student pastor at whatever age I was 22. Like, um, and I ended up doing that. (laughs) Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing in what context. I don't know, but ministry is like, where I want to go. I didn't know what that looked like. And so coming back to college after that, I just like, honestly was like, okay, like whatever happens, happens. And so I kind of just like flipped everything and was like, okay, like God really has me going somewhere. I don't know where, but every time like I look back, I'm so thankful that it has not been what I want it to be because I have enjoyed what I'm doing so much. (laughs) I have Always had this like desire to start something new. So, I mean, I have so many passions with like mental health, and so I was like, "Well, I'm going to start a mental health facility." And then I was like, "Oh, gymnastics! I'm going to start a gym." And then I was like, "Oh, I'm going to start a church." And then I was like, "Oh, well, I'm going to start a coffee shop because I really like that. Like, I don't even like coffee, but I wanted to just like do that too." And so, a couple of years ago, I started thinking about how all of these things were kind of like like could be tied together, and how everything was coming from the same like root. So, um, a joyful love of gymnastics. The whole like heart behind it is it is a ministry to me. I'm not necessarily advertising it as that. Um, what I do is I just um, I do classes in the community for little gymnastics classes. I had so many people come up to me and ask me if I teach their child after you know they found out that I had coached for so long the goal is to reach students all over Glen County. So that's Brunswick and St. Simons Island. There's like a huge divide culturally here. And so it's really hard to get kids from Brunswick to St. Simons, um, just like socioeconomically, it's a huge divide. And so one of my like hopes and dreams with this is to have locations in both so that I can reach both. And then eventually maybe even have a location that just like stays in one place in Brunswick. and so. Here we are. I'm just reaching kids by, you know, showing them that sports can be fun and that taking care of your body is like one of the best ways that you can prepare to like serve God's kingdom and realize like, oh, like these things can be fun. Like I can honor God with my sport and without the sport being my God, (laughs) um, which I think happens a lot. But like, no, like I'm literally worshiping through the sport that I'm doing. Literally every dream I feel like that I've had has been completely changed into something else and it's like the root of that dream was gymnastics or like i wanted to be a great gymnastics coach or something but then it's like completely turned upside down when it's like oh this isn't this isn't gymnastics anymore like this is truly a ministry and i'm doing this because of like an overflow from my faith like sure gymnastics is a part of it but it's not the foundation of it and so in it yeah flipping things upside down that's been a big thing <laughs>
2: I loved hearing Hannah's story. I know you and I both know Hannah. We've known her for a long time. And it's yeah. so exciting to see how she's taken her passion in sports and her passion for Jesus and merging the two of them together in a way that was so organic and that she just didn't set out to do originally. Her yeah. path took her a bunch of different ways. But um, she always stayed focused on Jesus. And that always got her to the, you know this end goal, which I think is so cool. So,
1: Don't you think that's often, though, the path? for anybody who's trying to figure out really anything. Um, I know really? of a handful of people that like knew what they wanted to be when they grew up when they were five.
2: Oh, right. And they're
1: doing that. Yes. But the majority of people, uh, they they take a while to get there. And I think in particular, you know, you and I have talked about this, and we don't really have time to get into all of it, but I know your journey to ministry was also kind of— All
2: over the place, zigzagging. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, yeah.
1: But, but— All along the way, you've had these abilities to get plugged in with the church Mm -hmm. and to still make a difference. And that it's not about, can we find a way to get every kid to do start their own ministry or to go into ministry? It's, can we help raise our children in such a way that following Jesus is the most important thing to them?
2: And that it's not this overwhelming complicated things it's following jesus has components that are hard but it is simple in a lot of ways you can do it and you can do it in so many different ways which it which is part of the reason why the path can be very zigzaggy and i look at my life and i can see all the ways that people invested in me to keep me focused on jesus or Experiences that I had, um, you know, were ways that God was preparing me for either the next step or a future right. step. And I think in Hannah's story, you can see that too. She had, she talked a lot about people who had, you know, believed in her, but kept her pointed toward Jesus. And I right. think that that is so, it is such an essential piece of what she was speaking about. And I just think that as parents, um, you know, we can look at Hannah's story and we can see that, you know, our kids. Might not just be going on to go to the Olympics, yes, but exactly. that they can be in the gym and they can be, uh, you know, learning and and excelling in their sport or maybe not even excelling in their sport. Yeah. But those things can come with Jesus alongside of them.
1: Well, and don't you think what ends up happening is whether it be grades, yep. or whether it be uh, sports, mm-hmm. there is an there's an allure. If that's the right way to pronounce that word. Allure. That did, allure.
5: Allure. Allure. <laughs>
1: allure. Well,
5: oh, now it sounds allure. allure. Alluring.
1: New words. Here's, here's, here's part of my story. No. I was in speech therapy for like five years, and Molly is just bringing out all of my insecurities. It's all right. There I'll there.
2: have some along the way, too, there you I'm go. Sure. Now,
1: but, um... So there's something tempting, I'll say that, about enticing <laughs> enticing about the greatness behind it. I don't I think most parents if they're honest go, okay, my kids not going to be a professional baseball player. My kids not going to be, but they might play high school ball mm-hmm. and that might get them better noticed by colleges. They might be able to play college ball. They might be able to do this, or they might be able to get grades that give them just that little bit of an edge above someone else to Mm -hmm. to do whatever. And I think what part of our goal in doing this podcast is to help shape the imaginations of parents to kind of see, because I personally think the school system does an amazing job of saying, this is the path to greatness. Your kid shows up, they do all the, you know, even at like young age, because I have a, I have a, a really good friend who is, uh, who is, I buy multiple who are teachers, and even the elementary school they have all these little stickers and awards. My and- child
2: has this whole thing of what they call spirit sticks. They're these little. Things that you put on a necklace and for every event that he does or every good grade thing yeah. he has. I mean, there's a ton of them.
1: And it, and it makes clear, like, and these are the things These that, are the
2: priorities and these are the things we're striving for.
1: Yes, and they know that, like, in kindergarten, if I can get a kid or even before kindergarten, if I can get them in pre-K and even now 3K mm-hmm. to learn to kind of sit still and get their attention mm-hmm. focused, these little tiny steps... milestones maybe even milestones right you have all these little steps they will lead to a person who could go to college and then the the dream is and this is kind of the enticing part if you get good grades you get into a good college you can get a good job make good money
2: and have a great life and have a great (laughs)
1: life if you can if you can achieve all of these great things along the way but what ends up happening is if i get my imagination set on greatness I will overlook the little bits of goodness that may have to fall along the way. If I have to keep my kid busier yeah. and I may have to push them on things and stress them out on things that get them to be great.
2: Or if I'm taking less time with them because yeah. I am, you know, rushing them from place to place and yes. I'm not being intentional with the time we do have together yes. um, or You know, I am stressed as a parent because I'm focused on the money that it's going to cost to go do this. Yes, exactly. You know, all those things you keep us away from the goodness. Well,
1: to the point that eventually, then I remember my entire time—the last I'd say five years of doing youth ministry—where I was really invested in kind of the older students of tenth through twelfth grade, and I had several groups. Hannah was one of these groups. I remember saying to Hannah, "You know." you are starting to get, and they would they would say this to me, this is how it would come up, is I'm kind of aware that what matters most to my parents and the people in my life is what college I get into and what job I get. It becomes clear that what matters most is what I do. And what they mean by it is what, what, do, what am I going to do for a living? And somehow that becomes you, what, what my identity. What do you want to
2: be when you grow up? The number one question we ask children at a very young age. And they but knew it needs best. to be something great. Yes and it needs to be something great. And it needs um, to be
1: something that mom and dad can say, "Oh, my my kids a this, my kids are that" and kind of hold it up.
2: We side note, but we went to uh we were at the doctor the other day with my kids and Henry was asked, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" and he's 10 now and so sure enough his answer was I would like to be a professional baseball player. And the doctor said, "Okay, and if that doesn't work out, what are you going to do?" And he said, "I'll work at Chick-fil-A." Okay, that's fine. Yeah, but the doctor was like, "Hmm, okay." Like it was too. Now I know things. all
1: I need to know about you, <laughs> six year old.
2: <No, laughs> I have made. But the thing was that I thought and the whole thing, you can have goodness in either one of those right. things, right? But, you know, it's that we tend to just push kids to you've got to do and be the greatest according to what the world says you are.
1: Well, and Jesus really says, you know, to take back to kind of that story that Jason kind of talked us through is Jesus really does say it is becoming like a child and not in the way we think of like being innocent and cute and whatever. It really is becoming the lowest person and being willing to say, the things in the eyes of the world, what matters most does not matter to me. This is not me trying to be, because I often think we end up holding stories. Of, I think of like Tim Tebow, or like I recently saw with Patrick Mahomes. I, I don't know this for sure, but I saw a thing. I guess he's a believer. He's talked about that somewhat. Mm-hmm. Is that correct, producer Sawyer? Do you know? Yes or no? He doesn't know. I didn't know. He's from Missouri, so there's a whole thing with that. <laughs> I but,
5: hate the Chiefs. Okay, whatever. But oh, well, what, He doesn't like the Chiefs. Okay, whatever.
1: Um, I saw a thing where he talked about praying to God. And those things, those clips get kind of taken right. out and held up as. And there's almost this idea of like if we could get every kid to be a CEO who's a Christian or a president who's a Christian or a, a football player, then we could make real change. We could make real change if we get the the right president into office Mm -hmm. or the right CEO over the business. But what
2: we heard in the story is it doesn't have to work like that.
1: Well, no, and in fact, the kingdom of God has almost, I'll say almost for people who don't like absolutes, almost never worked that way. It has almost always in society grown from the smallest seeds, from the smallest people, from the poor and the powerless and the oppressed, the least of these, and it has grown up. And there have always been people Uh, who have been a part of those movements, who have been powerful people, wealthy people, those kind of things. But what you see, especially when you read a lot about the early church, like I like to, uh, you see that they had to kind of take a back seat. And was like, that does not qualify you for anything in the kingdom.
2: So are we saying none of those things are good? No, yeah. We're not. But what we're saying is that as a parent, the priority— needs to be on God and yes, that and is goodness. and goodness and instilling goodness so that when your kids go down that zigzag path which yes. I did you did somewhat most yes. people did if any parent listening list things of their own life you most likely are not doing what you set out to do at the yeah. very beginning that God was always along in each of those pa- each of yes. those steps and if we as parents don't set that foundation it's it's really going to be challenging for your kids to keep God at their focus if you don't if you don't implement that early on. So yeah. um, I know we we both read an article recently that we wanted to talk about that yeah, um, has some it. really interesting facts along the lines of.
1: And we're going to put this in our Parent Q app, right? I believe.
2: So we have. Yep, I'll give everybody a little bit of information about Parent Q. If you're not currently um, using. The app ParentQ. Um, go ahead and download it onto your phone. It's a great resource, um, and it's really a, the primary electronic way to speak with you know the church, so to speak. We've got um, all of our parenting ministry stuff on there, so you can go on there. You can um, see what your kids were up to in Sunday morning experience. Um, we've got devotionals in there. We've got um, we've got some really great. Um, things you can do at home, which we'll talk about again in a little bit. But the um, the app is a really great tool for you as a parent. And then we will post stuff in there as well. So we'll post all of the information um, that we've talked about today and this this article as well as um, Hannah's story. So Yeah, we've got the to...
1: full interview I did with Hannah, which is like 30 minutes long. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in hearing more of that, which is really interesting, tells you a lot about some of the stuff that she's currently doing. Uh, right. And anyway, very cool stuff. Uh, But the article is from LifeWay uh, Research, and uh, uh, the article is parents want to raise ethical kids, not necessarily religious ones. And the, the article really goes into a lot of research around this, but it said, the vast majority of parents say it is extremely or very important that as adults, their children will be honest and ethical, hardworking, someone who helps in need, accepting of people who are different from them, and ambitious. And then it says, but for fewer, it seems, uh, they see it as similarly important that as adults, their children have similar religious beliefs. All the previous ones were in the 80s, 80 percentage of parents thought they wanted their kids to be hardworking, ambitious, and ethical. They wanted them to be honest, but only 35% of parents thought it was important that their kids share their religious beliefs. And obviously, I think there's a realm to which we can look at that and go, oh, well, they're not trying to force their faith on their kids. I think that's important, but... I would say as a parent, of all of those things, the thing that matters most to me is not my beliefs, but is Jesus. Right. That I want my kids to love Jesus. Right. And I want their honesty and their ethical decisions to come from Jesus to come
2: because they loved. If, if you have a love of Jesus and you're following Jesus, those things are going to flow out of that. Right. Um, I mean, obviously, it's not going to be perfection every day because yes. nobody's, none of us are perfect. But that the the source of where all those things come from is Jesus.
1: Yeah. Well, and what you what I have found in all the years of doing youth ministry and being a parent myself is you are always going to sacrifice somewhere you're going to have to make a choice you cannot do everything you're going to have to choose and what happens is when you decide i'm going to put greatness grades achievements those kind of things is number one you will end up sacrificing some of the goodness you will end up sacrificing some on this end and i've seen it again and again so i would talk to kids who would say You know, it feels like my parents mostly care about my grades and that Mm. mostly they only care that I, you know, graduate and that I get a good job and I do these things. And I would say, well, here's what I want you to shift to do. When someone asks you, what are you going to do when you graduate? Your answer should be, I'm going to love God. I'm going to love people. And I'm going to build up the kingdom of God. I'm going to love God. I'm going to love people. I'm going to build up the kingdom of God. And then when they, I said, when they stare at you blankly, you say, oh, if what you mean is what am I going to do to make money?
2: I'm different. going to be
1: this. Yeah. I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to work at Chick-fil-A. I'm going to be a
2: professional baseball <laughs> Yeah, the,
1: the, that is secondary to right. who I am. But like you said, from an early age, we teach kids what is primary about you is what you do, what it says about you, what you do to make money. And what we know is, like you said, in any of those environments, but it is the shifting of being able to say, what matters most to me is that you love Jesus. If you don't, I don't care what you do for a living. I guess I want you to be safe. I want you to be provided for. I want you to be taken care of. But if nothing else, I want you to love Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I want you to follow his way of life. Um, And it
2: starts small. It does. It starts small. And that's some of what we want to be able to do on this Mm -hmm. uh, podcast is, you know, steer you guys into ways that practical, small ways that might help you um, implement this at your house. So I know I referenced Parent Q, and I want to do that again, because Um, one of the things about parent cue that i love and that i use in my home and i know you you do some of the devotional stuff um the app will based on your child's age cue you as Mm -hmm. a parent to cue your kids to do things or ask them questions so one of the things that i love about it is it'll have morning time drive time meal time and uh, bedtime questions that you can ask well what better place to ask your kids questions than when you're in the car with them because most likely we're going somewhere with them or when you're at the family meal and that's a great way i know this morning we did it and the question for my kids was simply tell me something you know about god yeah. something that you know and you believe about god well i did it with a 10 year old and a five year old their answers were completely different right you know my younger one knows that god loves him and my older one knows that you know, he says God is to be respected and God teaches us, you know, how to do that for others. So oh, that's wonderful. those were good answers in it. But it was such a simple question. What do you know about God? Well I and mean, even if
1: your kids don't have they might not great know they answers, mean. you're oh. able to you're able to have that conversation.
2: And it and it was easy and it was yeah. the same question for both of them in totally different ages. So you know, I think those are simple things that that help my kids realize. Oh, this is important in our house. This is yeah. something we're talking about. So, like, another plug for Parent Cue, but it is ex- it is a great one. Well, it's to really go, what, and it's what where we want you guys to be. Yeah, headed. it's what
1: we do as a church, not only just through the Parent Cue, but I think especially uh, as you'll see in just a moment from Sawyer, in those these moments you have with your kids right. are precious, and I don't <clears> mean <throat> like. Precious moments. Take a picture. Yeah. I mean, there there are moments that you don't want to lose. And Sawyer is going to talk a little bit about this idea of how do I leverage things like social media to interact with my kids right. as, as they get older and you, when you have teenagers. But even with your little ones, those drive times, those bed times, mm-hmm. you know, those are things you kind of lose as your kids get older and they get keys and they do that. And so you'll have to figure out different ways. But when they're little, you have all of those little captive moments.
2: Right. And as a mom... I'm often really tired to come up with the questions or the things to yeah. ask or so being cute or getting this on, on my phone or whether I picked it up on you know Sunday morning or whatever it was, it's so nice to me to just be able to to have them at my disposal to be able to go, okay, today here, let's let's talk about this. Yes. It helps. We're exhausted some days. And so yeah. coming up with some days and I get the cry, I just want to turn on the radio and not talk. But you know, it's a great chance to have some kind of quick conversation that matters Hi, jasper don't be silly tell me about the thankful woman
0: the thankful woman said i'm gonna wash her feet
2: and why did she do that
0: because she know she know that the woman woman jesus loved the woman
2: jesus loved the woman
0: yeah
2: and did so was she helping him
0: yeah he okay. washed, she washed her his feet and and Jesus forgived her.
2: Forgived her? Forgived. That's awesome. So what did you learn about what you can do from that?
0: Um, I can forgive people when they do something wrong too. You can?
2: Is it hard to do sometimes?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Do you get mad at your brother sometimes? Yeah. Are you able to forgive him?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, we're pretty lucky that God loves us enough to forgive us, aren't we? Like
0: this morning, I, I got he named he got me mad because I told him to not call anyone, but he did. I know he
2: was making me mad. I heard that, but you, but you, uh, we also have lots of other things we can be thankful for. Like that woman was thankful
0: for Jesus, and I was thankful for I need to not watch the watch. <laughs> okay.
5: So Be Real is a relatively new social media platform that most of your teenagers probably have if they have a smartphone. Something you need to know about me is that in general, I don't think that social media has been a net good. I think that it divides people into sections of others who share their beliefs and isolates them from people who disagree with them, thereby creating division. However, in the case of Be Real, I actually think this is a generally wholesome app. Let me explain. Basically, once a day, a user will get a notification telling them that they have two minutes to post a Reel. So ideally, you take out your phone and you take a picture of what's right in front of you, while also taking a selfie simultaneously. But don't worry. If you're not able to get to it in the two minute period, you can always post late. The privacy settings are pretty solid since in order to see someone else's Be Real, you've got to be friends on the app. Friends can like and comment on each other's posts, but honestly, I've found that commenting is pretty rare on the app. Also, the liking is a very unique function because it's not like Facebook or Instagram where you just double tap and a heart pops up. On Be Real, you actually get to take a selfie to correspond with an emoji and that's your reaction to the post. If I'm being completely honest, I think this is the absolute best social media platform for you and your student to interact in. Let me be clear, social media is not a healthy form of communication. But you think about other platforms, largely Gen Z is not using Facebook, but rather Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. And the truth is that you might have an Instagram, but what is your incentive to post on it? Maybe you have a TikTok, but if my mom ever started posting on TikTok, I would be very, very worried for her sanity. Snapchat's a little different since it's literally just a substitute for a messenger app. So you really have no reason to be on Snapchat. Be Real is so great because you don't need to worry about taking a good picture. Gen Z loves authenticity and Be Real creates authentic moments. Your kids will honestly find your post of your cluttered desk and a selfie that features a coffee-stained shirt, way more compelling than some Facebook post that they'll never see where you perfectly wrote a paragraph about how much you love them in the whole wide world, and you selected the two perfect pictures, one of them as a toddler, and one that was taken last week by a professional photographer who also happens to be you. A couple of weeks ago, I started asking the teenagers in our church why they liked be real, and they all brought up two things. The first thing they brought up was that they got to see people they love on Be Real, which makes sense, it's a social media platform. But the more important point that they all brought up in some form was this concept that at the same time, them and all their friends get to share a picture of something a bit more candid than what they see or share on any other social media site. So there are three things I think you should do. The first thing I think you should do is get a Be Real and add your teenagers. And my favorite person on the app is one of our youth leaders, Bill Coffin. He's just the best at this. The next thing is tell your students that you like their Be Real in person. Trust me, you don't need to comment on the post. It'll mean more coming from you in person finally. Be yourself and your be real. The reason I mentioned that Bill is the best at this is because he's just like you, he's a parent of multiple teenagers, as well as one of our amazing student leaders. Do you know what caused Bill to get a be real? The students in his small group wanted to see what Bill's life was like outside of church. So they took his phone from him and made it for him and they all added him. Your teenagers want the same from you. It can be so hard for children to see things from their parents' perspective, but this is an easy opportunity for just that. I know my parents really struggled with me being on social media at such a young age, but technology is fully here to stay, and we can either avoid it or we can leverage it to be a tool for following Jesus
2: all right so i've never used be Real before but okay. i did just download it did you really i did sawyer and i were talking about it and i knew we were doing this segment my kids are younger so they don't have social media but Why? i you know as an adult i use some social media and i know that my niece uses it and she's in college and so i thought I'll uh, check it out. Yeah. So.
1: I also have a B-Real, and I am friends with Sawyer, and I am friends with Bill Kaufman, and he does have a great B-Real yes. account.
2: I am now friends with him as well. So There so. you
1: go. Yeah, but I would I would agree with Sawyer. I was a little shocked. So we n- neither Sawyer or I had the app before we decided to talk about it. We got it in I, like, let's investigate what it was and how it worked. And both of us, like within... A two to three days huh. we're like very shamefully like coming to, you to be like so what do you think would be real because <laughs> we both like loved it and we were like i don't I, if he Pretty doesn't like awesome. it Pretty awesome. yeah so and but i will say and i think this is true for all social media in general i think as parents it is so pivotal that whether we are on the app right right whether i have snapchat whether that if my kids have a phone Right. the likelihood that they have any of these apps is pretty high. I, You have every right as a parent to have access to their social media accounts, mm-hmm. especially if you pay for the phone, if you own the phone, mm-hmm. that I have for all of my devices at home, screenshot accountability. Right. Um, and that, I mean, I get screenshots of what are coming to the phone sent uh, to my phone at all times and my kids know anything that you do, I can see. Now, like you said, my my oldest kid is 11. Um, yes. And so she's just kind of getting to like the smartphone of like tablet age right. where she's really kind of like. A
2: little less games and now like maybe yes. some kind of communication tool yes. or something along that. But I've lines. made
1: clear to her whenever you do get a phone, mom and dad are going to know your password. Mm-hmm. We're going to know the passwords to get into your stuff. And we're going to check them periodically. Mm-hmm. Not because we don't necessarily trust you. But it's because we know that there is a temptation that you are not ready to deal with. Right. I would not put my kid alone in a room with a loaded gun.
2: Right. You wouldn't. Not because I think
1: they want to go on a murder spree, but because they are not prepared to use a loaded gun.
2: I mean, you also wouldn't drop your kid off in a crowded place of a thousand people without you there. You know, guns are not just a place where you there was an where they had access to a ton of people at once without you there. Right, and that can be with what yes. they're having, you know. experience. Well, and I
1: think that, as Sawyer said, if you have teenagers, they're already on these apps.
2: Right, they're there.
1: And so, you're i don't think your goal as a parent is to go in. I mean, unless you just really want to monitor it and go, "I'm going to be," in, I, I'm going to take control of every single thing that you're doing. But to be able to say, "We're going to have conversations about this," right. and the benefit with "Be Real" is, like he said, you can't direct message on it, which I love. Is that you can take pictures, but you can't and and in order for people to see your pictures, you have to add them so you can have those conversations mm-hmm. of do you know this person that you added? Do you right. know who this is? But the good news is they can't be sending them photos right. that they're not sending to everyone else. And so the benefit that you can have is to be able to kind of have those moments with your kid. Cause as we were talking earlier, um, when your kids are little, like ours are, we have a lot of moments we can choose we have from. A lot. But when you have a sixteen-year-old, a seventeen-year-old, or even if you're a parent, and you got a twenty-five-year-old, your moments are a lot less. Right. And so, taking of going, well, this is where they are, mm-hmm. and I'm going to meet them there. I think is important.
2: Yeah, because the goal isn't to say, you know, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. The right. goal is to be able to com- have a conversation with them, help right. them understand, um, you know, where the limitations are, help them understand how to um, responsibly use that. Right. And you don't have to, you as a parent don't have to be some be real or Instagram yes. super user. We're not saying that, yes. but if you don't even know what it is, yes. it, that's your, your, your kids are ahead of you there. Yes. And I think that for me was probably why I downloaded it. Cause I'm like, wait, these kids are using this. I want, I just want to yeah, know. Yeah, Let me know. I what's just want to know. On. I'm. You're not going to see me post every t- you know, every day all the time. Yeah. But I do, you know, I do want to understand it and, and know how that might be impacting kids around me and
1: especially my own. Well, because that is our goal. If I want to be a good parent, mm-hmm. not necessarily a great parent, not right. a parent who's raising great kids, but raising really good kids, my goal is to be able to disciple them. to be able to teach them and to come alongside them and for them to see how I interact with the world Mm -hmm. as I'm following Jesus so they can do the same. And I know that our goal out of this is to kind of Give parents little assignments, little right.
2: little things, little
1: steps they can do. Yeah, so, so
2: we're going to give you an assignment today. Right okay, out of the here gate. we go. Episode one, assignment one. So this week we really want you to make the most of these little moments. So yes. um, we referenced Parent Q, so we want you to go in and uh, download that if you haven't already. And it's um,
1: in the description. It's going to be
2: in the description of on my-
1: YouTube or the podcast app. You should see a link to download Parent Q. Right,
2: and and you can also get it from. Play Store from the Apple Store mm-hmm. and then it will you can search our church and link right up to us
1: mm-hmm.
2: and um you know we want you to make we want you to make the most of those moments. So if you have a little kid, it might be during bath time or during meal time. If you have an older child, it might be in those few five minutes you see them at the end of the day. Yeah. But you can talk about, hey, do you know about this thing? Be real yes. or something like that. So we want. Or it.
1: I saw I saw or, this photo you posted, and yeah. I thought it was great, and it was cool to see an insight into your life, right. or, you know, or drive time. You are driving your kids places, like you said. Turn the radio off. Have a conversation with, and it doesn't have to be about Jesus. Like, so what do you think about this Apostle Paul guy? Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to <laughs> be. It doesn't <laughs> like, well, what's his deal? A, killing to, Christians, <laughs> and now he is a Christian. You're Whoa! Not,
2: Whoa! You're not preaching at them, whatever. Sometimes it's as simple as you know, tell me your best friend's name. Yes. Tell me about your friends, and because you, your kids sometimes don't like to talk about themselves, but they will really talk about what happened. I mean, Jasper. Yes. Has never done a wrong thing in class, but I know everything that every other kid has
1: done. Well, there you go. So
2: it's sometimes it's just the right cue and prompting yes. them for something. So make the most of those times. Um, yeah. And then we also have a second task, which is send us questions. We yeah. you know we're going to be building episodes from here on out, and we want to we want to answer questions that you guys have or talk about them. Mm-hmm. And if there's topics or questions in, um, you can go ahead and submit those to us and and. It's right there yes. in the app as well. My I'll... kid
1: has a be real, and they're posting crazy things. What do Help! I do about it? What do I do? Or I have a I have a, this question came up from my kid about Jesus, and I don't know how to answer. Yeah. Or more. this situation's going on in our world. How do I teach my kids? Right. About how
2: that? do we talk about this? Yeah. Or you know anything that is on your mind related to being. Parents that's raising good kids. I mean, we we, we, want to help with that. And we're right here doing it too. We're just trying to do that as well. We're
1: not doing a great job. Right now, we're not great. (laughs) We're not doing a great job, but we do hope we can help you do a good job. So
2: So thanks for being here, and we'll see you next time.
1: Stay up.